This will be our last series on uh, the parable of Jesus. It's kind of a little bit long a parable, but it's a really simple one. So the question is, what kind of talents do you have? I know we all have a talent. And I know how you, are, you have pushed your kids in the past to thrive for that talent. So what kind of talents do you have? Well, let me start off by saying what kind of talents I thought I had and I thought I didn't have. Perhaps I should show you or tell you the talents that I knew growing up I did not have. And I did not pursue this with my will. Number one, they're singing. I can't sing. But I joined the choir because I had to, because my father was pastor of a church or a small church, and son, you will sing. Okay, let's sing. (laughs) Next thing is, I just don't like to dance. (laughs) My body just doesn't move. You know, sometimes Janice would like to do some movements, but uh, that's not what I want to go. It's very uncomfortable for me. I don't know why. But it's not for it's not my talent. Even playing music, you know, instrument. I see this like Tom. He can, he's a multitasker. He can play saxophone, clarinet, guitar, drum, and you name it, piano, everything. And I just just amazed how one can do that. I just don't have that. But you know, uh, back when I was in high school, I liked this girl so much, and I wanted to go to a football game, and I joined band. And I just, just pushed myself to learn how to play saxophone, just to be able to you know, play real basic things. Like It's easy in the band in high school. You don't play fancy ones or easy ones, like, oh, when the saints go marching. You know, that's easy. You know? So I learned a couple of the songs that was in the, the band, so I could go to band, uh, uh, football games, every football game, riding uh, uh, school bus with all these majorettes. That was a lot of fun. But it was not my thing. The last was speech making. Oh my goodness, I hate giving speeches. I was fearful for public speaking. When I was in high school, you know, we had, in our school, I went to Lower Manor High School, they actually had an elective courses by then. So I make sure I pick the courses that the, the professors or the teachers do not make you do the oral report. And college at the exact same thing. I looked at all the courses and I asked around my seniors, like, which professor make you do oral reports? Or oh, this, this one, I'm not taking that. No, you should take that one because that's easy. I don't really care. So I took all these ones where you actually don't have to give an oral report. But at that time, let me tell you what I thought I was good at. The talent that I thought I had, I thought I was good in sports. So I was in track team, junior high school. In high school, I was in a soccer team. But what I really want to do is to play football. But my father will not give me that permission slip. He will not sign that thing saying that, son, football is pretty rough sports. And if you mess up your body, you're going to regret for the rest of your life. And because he was athlete, he will not sign that form. So I had to settle with the justice soccer. Well, I don't make a living playing sports, which I thought I had a talent for. At that time, I thought that I was also perhaps good at math and chemistry. 
I even took college achievement tests in chemistry, and I did pretty good. Today, I do not make a living using math or chemistry. Guess what I do to make my living with? All the things of the past I thought that I was not good at. I make a living. My livelihood, my passion now is to write, to, to making speeches, things that I didn't think I had a talent for. It's funny how I do all the things that I did not want to do and has become what I am today. So then the question is, what is your talent? Or what are your talents? Is a talent something that you like to do or want to do? Well, let me ask you one question about this godly man in the Bible, Moses. What was his talent? Math? Chemistry? Sports? Writing? Speaking? Speaking. He became what he has become, doing all the things that he did not want to do. His talents were not physical or natural skill sets that we think qualifies for our talents. But his talents were that of his character. Moses, if you were to sum up his character as depicted in the Bible, would be perhaps the discipline and obedience. That's the only thing that he had. What else did he have in the Bible? He had a certain discipline, and he had ability to obey the things that he didn't want to do. And he knew that when you do something out of obedience, guess who's going to be right along the side? It's God himself. Is going to help you to get there. So let's look at the, uh, the parable that we studied last Sunday. The ten virgins. Before we talk about the talents today. Here, Jesus is talking about how to build, how important it is for us to develop the character. In that character, how to prepare for it. And he specifically discusses using the term the spirituality, oil. Oil represents the Holy Spirit throughout the Bible. And this five foolish virgins, did not have any oil. See, they had lambs, which is the word of God, but did not have oil, the Holy Spirit. 
And I gave you the illustration, which some of you said that was pretty kind of cool, and I didn't even know the, the fact about lobster, you know, the lobster. When they lose their hand or leg or so-called claw, it grows right back. That became so sentimental issue to me because when I was in the hospital six months waiting for her, I wanted my heart to grow back. <clears throat> so I didn't have to go through the heart transplant surgery. You know how eagerly I was wishing for that and saying, God, why didn't you make us like lobster? Then I look at this ugly looking caterpillar as they go through this metamorphosis and they become butterfly. That's amazing transformation. Why can't I be like that, a new creation? What I found out about those two creatures, those species, is that God gave them special gift. And that gift is gift of transformation, a physical transformation. But God has also given us a gift that is far greater than what God gave lobster and caterpillar. God gave us spirituality. God gave us, through spirituality, we can be new again. We can transform. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature, the old things pass away. Behold, the new things have come. No species can do this. Only humans. God gave us this very special gift. Ability to change, ability to transform. The essence of the message in the Ten Virgins was that as we as Christians must have a constant contact with God so that we can deepen our relationship with Him through spirituality, through the power, presence, and the works of the Holy Spirit. And the focus of this particular parable was how we are to prepare in spirit for his arrival, for his return. Oil represents Holy Spirit. Bridegrooms represent Christ. Virgins are not somebody out there. It's you and I. Lambs, the word of God, us, we carry the word of God. The question here was, do you carry oil? Do you carry the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit is what you need to prepare to receive the bridegroom, the Christ. Now on to today's parable. It's important that we re-examine, re-study what we discussed last Sunday, this particular a parable, the reason why it's so important is that this parable, the talents, it's back to back. It comes right after God describing about the ten virgins, and he leads right into talking about the talents. In this parable, <clears throat> this parable is like God saying, after talking to us about ten virgins, I am not done yet. That's exactly what it means. 
I'll read it again, but it says, again, the heaven is like da, da, da. Again, meaning, I'm not done yet. I just gave you the illustration of the ten virgins, the importance of preparing your life to receive the Holy Spirit, to have the Holy Spirit, but I'm not done yet. That's not where it ends. So that's what we're going to study. What is that additional thing that God wants us to know and us to do? In, just in case you're thinking that preparing your heart is good enough. Just you think that receiving the word of God is good enough. Just you think that just having the Holy Spirit, possessing the Holy Spirit in you is good enough. He's reminding us now that you've got to do some work to do. You've got to do some work. And that's what the talent's about. It's time now for you to get into action. And for those of you who have grown up in church that focuses so much on this amazing grace of salvation, not so much on the work, this may be of surprise to you, but it's the word of God. Let me remind you of what God has said to us about the free gift and the good work. You know the Bible says that we are justified by his grace and that the salvation is gift of God. It's a gift. It's a talent. It's worth something. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says very clearly, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. This particular Bible verse, Paul said it to who? Paul said it to non-believers, not you guys. He turned around and said, yes, here are believers. He turned around. There's a plenty of non-believers. Jews and Pharisees are standing over there. He turned around and said, to these people, it's by faith alone, not by works. That's what he says. Not to believers. And don't you forget that. You have to know the context in which this was preached by Jesus. By God. Now he turned around. And to believers. He says something else. James 2.17. In the same way. Faith by itself. It is not. If it is not accompanied by action. Is dead. So God is saying to non-believers, it's by works. The free gift of God is by, it's not by works, it's by faith. Then turn to those who have already received the grace, the free gift, saying, the faith, if it's not accompanied by action, it's dead. That, this is what Jesus is trying to emphasize through the talents. The parable of the talents. 
This parable calls for our actions. When God says again, he's saying it's not done. I want to repeat myself what I did. I want to reemphasize the importance of it. He's saying that in parable of ten virgins, I told you about importance of preparing to receive. And this, that you have prepared it, now it's time for you to put this into action. He's reminding us, take our responsibility seriously. He's saying that we have to do work. He's saying that we have work that are cut out for us. We can't just sit around and enjoying the flavor of a coffee early in the morning. Just do that briefly and then move on and carry out what you need to do. In addition to helping, caring, and doing all that we are, we are also to what? To witness for him. We are to bear fruits. So with this in mind, let's look at the parable. First of all, here's the summary. A master has three servants. He had to go away, far away, for a long time. And he basically wanted his servants to do something. So he gave one five talents to do something with it. He gave the other one two talents. And the last one, just one talent. It's just up to him. It's not so that one is greater or than anything else. It doesn't talk about that importance, but it's not, that's not that important. It just said it. It's different talents. It's something that's worth. Talent, it's money at that time. It's a currency. It's something that's worth. It's a talent. Both could be as a monetary issue. It could also be seen as the talent as we know today. So my master returned it. I don't know how long. One year, two year, five, I have no idea. Doesn't really say so. The one with the five talents gained additional five, thus yielding ten. The one received two talents doubled it, yielding four. The one received only one talent didn't do anything. He brought it back, the very one talent that he received. Now the master was happy with the first two, but he was very disappointed with the last one. He was very disappointed. In fact, he was very upset. In fact, not only was he upset, he cast his person out. Now, this is a very serious warning to all of us. The real question is this, in a softly said. Rick Warren, in his book, The Purpose Driven Life, he said it best. He said that God is going to ask you, when you go to heaven, God is going to ask you this one question. What have you done with Christ I gave you? What have you done with the Son, Jesus, that I gave you? What have you done? That is the essence. This question is the essence of the talents. What have you done with the Son, that I gave you. So let's look at our text. In this case, a man is the master, the Christ. 
servants, the three servants are not some servants out there. The three servants are us. Talent is a gift. A gift ultimately known as grace. So this is so important. Let's just take a lot of time just to read once again now that you've got this background. Okay, Matthew 25, 14. Again, remember I said, I keep saying, yeah, God is reemphasizing something. He's saying, that I'm not done yet. I've got more to say. In addition to the ten virgins, which was all about the presence of Holy Spirit and be prepared for his arrival. And God says, again, now I'm going to emphasize something. And he tells about this illustration. It will be like a man, a master, Christ, going on a journey. You can reflect this as saying, Jesus was ascended to heaven. A long journey. One day he's going to come back. That's what it means. One day he's going to come back. And he called his servants before he go. That's you and I. And trusted property to them. To one, he gave five talents. To other, two talents. And the last one, just the one. Each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. Now, one talent, I know some of you may already know this. You're wondering, how much was it at that time? It's a lot of money. It's unthinkable. It's not like today's like thousand bucks, hundred bucks. No, it's a lot of money. You know how much it was? It was approximately 75 pounds of gold or silver. I don't know. I don't know if try to lift 75 pounds, it's not that easy. You need to uh, go to a lot of, many times, elephants to, to lift 75 pounds. You know how much that was worth today? The 75 pound of gold? At that time, it was worth 20 years of average man's wage. Yeah, that's a lot of money. If you translate to today, dollar, 20 years of average man's salary is about $1.5 million. Did you know that? One guy got five over 75. That's like what? Six, seven million dollars was given. What would you do if somebody gave you six, seven million? That would run away. Aren't we all? Okay, we'll run away. You'll just, you, you can cruise for the rest of your life, let alone six, seven million, even one million. Okay, that's basically how much it was. I guess in this case, God is trying to emphasize. The, the importance of it, the greatness about this talent, the value of this great talent. So a man, in this case, this a man, this man is servant. It's, it's, it's one of us. It's us. Who had received five talents, uh, went at once and put his money to work and gained five more and Also, the one with the two talents gained two more, but the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled account with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the five, saying, Master, he said, you entrusted me with the five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done. 
the master was very happy. Christ Jesus is very happy. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Same thing happened with the second guy. The man with the two talents, Orscom, came. Master, he said, you entrust me with the two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge with many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Now here's the question about the last guy. We want to make sure that we are one of the first two guys, servants, not the last one. Then the man who had received one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. You know what it means? It means you're a hard man. You're a difficult man. You're demanding uh, master. You're asking us to do things that doesn't be, not going to bear any fruit. You're asking us to do the work that doesn't give us any good results. So I was afraid and went out and hit your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest what I have not sown and gathered what I have not scattered seed because God can't do miracles well then you should have put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I return I would have at least received the interest verse 28 take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents for everyone who has will be given more and he will have abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has, will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. God is being serious here. God means business. He says again, Ten virgins, prepare. The talents, go do it. Now this is very important. This is very, very important, we as Christians. When we don't do it, that's how we get bad names from non-believers. We mess up, we don't clean up, we get bad names from non-believers. Ten virgins, the parable of ten virgins is basically saying, therefore, keep watch, be aware, be alert, be prepared. Basically what it means is get set and ready. That's what the parable of ten virgins is saying. Get set and be ready with the Holy Spirit, with the oil. And this parable is basically saying, now you need to run. It's like, get set ready, and what? Boom, run. 
That's what the talents, the parable talents is about. So you guys ready to run? Run the race? The purpose that we have? In other words, go and run. Go and profitable. Proverbs 31. Says also, be profitable. Verse 18. She sees that her trading, her task, her talents are profitable. And her lamp does not go out at night. What is great and wonderful about the Bible is uh, whenever a phrase, whenever words are used in one place in the Bible, it's all linked to other places. You know the difference between grace and favor? We talked about that many years ago. Not many years ago, just a couple years ago. In fact, talking about talent that I, don't, I didn't think I have, the writing, I have a new book coming out. It's called Favor. Because we as Christians in the past have so inundated with the salvation, salvation, salvation. We are done. I have already received the gift, the grace that I already need to receive. I need to do anything. I already have the ticket to go to heaven. I'm set for my life. The power of the talents saying, think again. Get set, ready, now, and run. Grace, as we talked about it, it's something that we do not deserve, we get salvation. That's a grace. But the favor from God, the blessing that we receive God from God, through favor, God only gives to us when he finds favor in his eyes. When he's pleased with our what? Actions. Throughout the entire Old Testament, the word grace is not used. It's only used in New Testament. Go to Old Testament, the same grace that we desire, the same grace that the old godly men and women in the New Old Testament that desired and wanted it, it, the phrase is not grace, it's favor. Moses prayed, if I'm found favor in your eyes, then show me the way. Abraham wanted that son so bad. He said to God, if I'm found favor in your eyes, do not pass me by. Give me that son that you promised. That's how all the uh, godly men and women in the Old Testament pray and appeal to God. When you say, if I'm found favor, you know what that means? 
If is a conditional. Grace is not conditional. If is conditional. You know what it means? When you say, if I'm found, that means I have already done good works, God. So therefore, if you're pleased with me, then give me and show me that very grace that you're talking about. You can't just sit around and expect God to just pour the blessing to you. He already given you that, the ultimate blessing already. He said, I already gave you. What else do you want? I gave you ticket to heaven. It's called grace. I gave you for free. Now you want your life to be a blessing in this earth until his return? You need to do some work. You need to carry it into action. Show me some results. And if I'm found favor in you, I will deliver. I will give you what you desire. That's basically the message of Old Testament. That's the message of the talent. Get set, ready. That's parable before with the ten virgins. The talents, it's get set, get ready, and now run. Finish the race. It doesn't matter whether you come first or you come last. Finish the race. Then I will find favor and give you what you desire. In summary, five foolish virgins suffer because they were not prepared. They did not have the oil, the Holy Spirit with them. They had a word of God. You know how we know? Because they had a lamp. Lamp is the word of God. Word of God alone is not enough. It has to be with the Holy Spirit. That's when it becomes alive. That's when it becomes breathing. You must receive the Holy Spirit. That's where five foolish virgins failed, not prepared. The servant with the one talent never used what he had. We all were given gift. You could say one talent, one gift, five gifts, five talents. That's not the major issue. We were all given talents. What have you done with it? Verse 24, the last guy, did the usual, typical excuse. It's hard. What you're asking us is too hard. Yeah, forgiveness, yeah, it's hard. Picking up the phone and say, I'm sorry for yelling, that's a hard thing to do. That's what God has asked us to do. Use your talent and reproduce. Go and do something. Sacrificing is hard. Moses sacrificed. Christ sacrificed. Esther was willing to sacrifice. If I perish, I perish. 
Sacrificing is hard. The last servant said, it's hard. You are a difficult master. You're demanding. Showing mercy is hard. Get set ready and run. We must show mercy. We must demonstrate sacrificing heart. Loving is hard to those who harm us. That's hard. But that's what we are called to do. That's the gift that we have received. What have you done with it? So church, let us go and just do it. Let's just go and try it. And you'll like it. The person that you don't want to see, just pick up the phone and say, hey, I'm sorry. Even if you don't want to do it, just send them a text message. It's a lot easier. Hey, I'm sorry. You will feel better. But we're not doing it because to make you feel better, because God will be pleased with it. And he is going to remember that very action. And one day when you need it, God's going to pour that blessing onto you in a different way. That's the way he works. Let's go and do the things that are uncomfortable and make uncomfortable things comfortable. If you do once or twice, you can do this. You just need to experience that, that, that one positive, that uplifting moment. To know that God is really there with you. When you do several times, again and again, you can become a master in making uncomfortable things comfortable. You know the things that I got to do as, let's say, the president of a design firm? I got to do a lot of uncomfortable things. Our guys, our project manager designs, they mess up, they make a mistake, they mess up, owners all upset. I'm the one I have to call, make that uncomfortable call. And if I don't call, 99% I will lose that business in the future. So let's do it. Are you ready? Let's do it. And when Jesus asks you, you don't have to wait until you're in heaven. That would be like, good, but then... It's, it's late. It's not late, but it's not late. It's late. Why don't you, what if you walk into your house this evening and Jesus is standing over there and said, what did you do with the grace I gave you? How would you answer that? And if you can say, well, today I did this. I didn't want to do this, but I did it. That's all there is to it. Preparing is a must. Carrying it out, doing it, is what this parable, the talent, is all about. Why it's so important? Because Jesus carried it out all the way to the cross. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much.
you did carry 